We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it! Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Rohan and I are here for the third time this week putting in work for the people, but, you know, we had a chance to have a great guest on last time and talk Knicks with Kyle Maggio. Couldn't pass that up, but obviously we couldn't let a rivalry game go either. The Bucks just beat the Celtics 128-123. We knew we had to talk about this game. We figured why not do it right after. Rohan, how's it going, and what is your initial takeaway from this game, like I always ask you? Uh, just in just in general, I'm doing well. But in terms of this game, it's Bucks games against the Celtics always somehow make me upset, and today was no different. I'll just I'll just I'll just leave it there for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird because I I always think the Celtics the Celtics won't match up well with Milwaukee just because they don't have that much of an interior presence. Um, and Daniel Tice, I would say, was tremendous tonight. I don't know if the box score necessarily reflected it. Uh, I mean, 12 points, 10 rebounds, a steal, two blocks. So you'd think uh, maybe he was okay, and he had five fouls. He nearly fouled out. But I thought Tice was really good in his 23 minutes. One of those two blocks was a tremendous one on Giannis. So credit to him. But, I mean, the other centers on the roster are Ennis Cantor, who actually scored a bit and was still minus 10. Um, Robert Williams, who has barely played at all, a.k.a. Time Lord, that's that's really it for the centers. They don't have a lot. I mean, Semi Ojale has to play on this team, which I think Celtics fans expected Semi Ojale to play a couple years ago. They also expected him to be about three times as good as he is now. So not the most ringing endorsement that he still gets real minutes. I know they always try to stick him on Giannis. It usually doesn't work. Uh, he had a nice flop late in the fourth quarter, Ooh. but uh, <laughs> and by nice I mean 
just absolutely gruesome. But uh, I always think that the Bucks are going to have an easier time. But this Celtics team is good. Uh, I think coming in, they were third in net rating. Uh, and coming off a of back-to-back, no Jalen Brown in this game. He sat. I forget exactly what they said. Was it a, a It was a thumb injury, a I'm thumb. pretty sure. That's what it was. Yeah, so something with his, with his thumb. Uh, Jason Tatum sat the first game of the back-to-back, which the Celtics lost to Detroit. But uh, overall, I mean, Milwaukee really rolled uh, the first two quarters. I mean, the Bucks win the first quarter by 16 and then go into halftime with an 18-point lead. Um, and then, you know, they win the after a run, a Boston run in the third quarter. Milwaukee did come storming back, ends up winning that quarter by one. Then Boston goes off in the fourth quarter, wins that quarter 36-22 to end it as just a scant five-point lead for the Bucks. I mean, I guess let's start with the end and kind of work back. I mean, what did anything about that run to end the game concern you from the Celtics' perspective? I mean, it just seemed like the Bucks had already seemed like they had won the game, even though they didn't. They weren't playing necessarily up to full speed. It, like, what was it, with like 50 seconds left or something? Giannis is just casually pulling up from three. But it, and it's it seemed like they didn't they didn't care because they knew they had already won the game. But at that point, it was still a two possession game, like just in the final minutes. But even before that, it just it just seemed like they didn't they didn't care. They weren't necessarily engaged. They thought they um, they had this game in the bag. Yeah, it's it sure seemed that way. Um, which isn't what you love to see necessarily in a matchup like this. But there's a few things I want to talk about from the game at large. Um, and I think like the first half, just generally, I think you summed it up really well before we went on air. I mean, the bucks were just hitting every shot. The three point shooting was tremendous. I think one of the most encouraging things I feel like over the last maybe month is a long time, maybe since like the beginning of 2020, I feel like at least once every two or three games, Brooke Lopez has had a good shooting night and maybe the numbers would prove me wrong, but it feels accurate without looking it up. Uh, and again, he starts off three for three tonight, which is huge. He hit a couple in the in the first half that were big. I mean, obviously, three for three in the first half, so he hit three then. But two at least that were pretty early on that really helped the Bucks extend that lead. He ends up three for five, which, you know, on on the wrong note, but still sixty percent shooting. Um, I, I mean, I just he hasn't made like... three threes in a game since Christmas, so it it was very good to see. Yeah, it was tremendous to see, and it's really like. It's one of those where it's so funny, the Bucks at this point, like since they're so good, you're not looking for things that make them great. You're looking for things that make them literally unbelievable. And if Brooke Lopez is going to hit around, I mean, 60% is high, but if Brooke Lopez hits 40% of his threes across like a playoff series, you've got to feel like Milwaukee's offense is just not going to be stopped at that point. Because, I mean, you have to expend so much energy and, and personnel trying to stop Giannis then trying to stop Chris and, and either George Hill or Eric Bledsoe. If George Hill is going to, I mean, not George Hill, excuse me. If Brooke Lopez is going to hit those open threes, it gets really, really tough, if not impossible. Yeah, no, for sure. His uh, shooting just unlocks a whole nother level to the Bucks offense because even though he has the gravity, like, and the, you know, respectability from uh, distance where he can, like, drag out the opposing center to the three-point line, which uh, opens up more driving lanes for Giannis and Bledsoe. It it helps also when he makes the shots. Like, yeah. like gravity is important, but also scoring is good, too. Like, you're not going to complain when he scores. No, I, I certainly am not. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up with uh, 16 points on the night, which was fourth among Bucks, a pretty good mark. Um, to go along with a classic Brook low rebounding total, just three, 
one assist, four blocks, which is nice. I do think generally his boxing out deflates his rebound numbers. I do think in gen- he probably needed to be a little bit better tonight. I saw a few putbacks that should not have happened that he should have been the guy to actually get the rebound. So mm-hmm. Especially could- early in the second half. They just yeah. they came out of the locker room and they weren't necessarily feeling it. I think it was like the first or second Boston possession of the half. Um, someone missed a shot. Brooke and Chris had an easy rebound, went to Brooke, and then he just sort of lazily handles it. And I think it was Daniel Tice comes in and takes it from him and scores. Yeah, yeah, it was Tice. I remember that play. That was rough. That's just one where you would hope in, in a game with higher stakes than this, that's a play that doesn't happen. But, you know, it's, I think you got to clean it up at this level first to hope for it to be cleaned up in, in the postseason. Um, I don't know. I guess I feel like there's one really negative Bucks performance that we're going to have to get to. Should we get to it now or should we get to it later? Let's just get to it now. Are you thinking who I'm thinking? I'm curious to see whether I am or not. Who are you thinking? Wes Matthews. See, I was thinking about so. Wes Matthews did not have a good game uh, whatsoever. 29 minutes, 0 for 3 from the field. Uh, minus 14, team low by a country mile. Four rebounds, one assist, and three fouls. So he didn't really contribute all that much. But he is the fifth starter. So I feel like my expectations are so much lower. Uh, Eric Bledsoe ends up with four fouls in foul trouble. He did have nine points, which is obviously more than zero. Uh, two rebounds, four assists, one steal, two turnovers. Not awful, but certainly off the floor when the game was on the line. And I know uh, I was in the Euro group Discord heavily during this game. And I had saw I, – I, we sort of talked about the closing lineup, which I want to get to. I want to do a whole thing on, on how Bud coached because I thought it was actually really encouraging. But – there was I, I know somebody commented like, oh, I think Bledsoe wasn't in there because of foul trouble. He only had four, and that's not enough foul trouble to keep someone out of a late, close game. I think he was not in there for a reason. Two for nine from the field for Bledsoe. I don't know. I guess let's talk about both guys. The, the Bucks one and two tonight combined to shoot two for 12, and Bledsoe are the only two makes. I mean, you really think that they need to get more out of those two spots going forward than, than what they got tonight. Yeah, especially because with Eric Bledsoe specifically, like what's his his calling card, especially against like matchups like this? It's his defense. Especially he he's known to shut down guys like Kemba Walker, like Damian Lillard, you know. Uh, but in this matchup, Kemba gets forty. Yeah, and the other the other Celtics small guard Marcus Smart ends up with twenty four. Who he always kills the Bucks, but still, both of the the small it was very, it was kind of Raptors esque. Both of the small guards absolutely killed the Bucks in this one. Yeah, no, Kemba Walker, He like bl- earlier, Bledsoe was doing a great job just getting over screens, doing rear contests, but I feel like in that second quarter, he sort of fell apart. I mean, you have to give a lot of credit to Kemba. He was on fire tonight. He was hitting, it seemed like he was hitting, he only hit four threes, I feel like he had more than that. But that just goes to show how good of a performance he had, especially in that um, second quarter. It was Yeah, second quarter, right? Yeah, yeah so. he put up like 24 in the second quarter, I think. Um because yeah, I don't think he had any in the first, right? I I believe so. Because I remember, at one, I, I'm almost positive, because at one point there was a graphic, like he has 16 points and 16 in the second quarter, during the second quarter. Yes, so I was like, oh, yes, goodness. that's correct. Uh, but yeah, it just, it sort of seemed like the defensive game plan didn't really go Bledsoe's way, and that sort of just impacted his performance overall, especially like when he gets going on the defensive end, I kind of feel like it fuels his offensive aggressiveness because he's sort of feeling himself. And we all know that he is a high confidence player. So like when he gets like going and he's into the matchup, there's not really anything you can do to stop him on either end of the floor. 
but tonight was not a good showing on either end. He seemed early like he was aggressive, like he was going to the basket a lot. He just wasn't able to make his shots. Whether that's him not getting a good whistle or just missing, it's just it's weird to see Bledsoe miss so much at the rim. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, I mean, he just needs to be better, uh, plain and simple. He needs to stay locked in, uh, doing the right Bledsoe things. I mean, he was really an apparition after the the first half for sure. I mean, some some of it was just not getting minutes. I mean, twenty total, and I, I haven't seen anything come out. I don't think he was injured or anything like that. I guess that that would obviously change the analysis, of course, but. I think it was more just Bud changing how he coached. I want to get there. I don't want to get there quite yet. Uh, let's talk about one more thing before the break. I mean, your guy who you thought was disappointing was Wes Matthews. I feel like we can kind of tackle two birds one stone here because one guy who was tremendous and actually the best bench player for once, Dante DiVincenzo, with his career high in points for the second time this week, 19 points in this game, 6 for 11 shooting, 4 for 6 from deep. Dante hitting threes is an incredibly exciting thing. I don't know, Rohan, are we getting back to this conversation about who's going to be the starting two guard? Because I feel like I feel like this is a this is a legit combo right it, now. It is actually, especially let's and let, 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 just let's clarify. This is very reactionary. Yes. Wes Wes has had one bad game right now. Is He's it kind of a slump overall? Is it though? Because uh, Dante's since, played really well. Cr- yeah. Since uh what was it? Since Christmas Day, which is like 10 games ago now. Yeah, it's exactly 10 games ago. Wes has had more games without making a three, which he has six of, including tonight, mm. than games where he has more than one Good made three, stat. which is one. He has made one, had one game where he's made more than one three since Christmas. Do you have Dante's numbers in those situations? Uh, I can check. Really, You can check. I will talk while you check. So, I mean, I just... I feel like the upside of Dante is just so appetizing because as good as Wes has been in those on-ball defensive roles uh, on some premier scorers, and I don't know if Dante would be quite as good on some of those assignments. You know, Maybe that's something that makes you think more about who you start when. Dante's off-ball defense is so tremendous. I would say probably at this point up there like with Giannis in terms of guys on the Bucks who make the most impact off the ball. And it depends how you classify Brook Lopez. I mean, he's kind of always on the ball as like a rule. Like he doesn't really. It's it's hard to it's hard to stay with a, a drop covered center. But in terms of like roaming around, you know, deflecting passes, steals, Dante's right up there with Giannis in terms of just pure disruption. I'll give Giannis the edge because he's Giannis, but just so much upside on that end. And then if you see his offensive game really click like this, you start to get a very clear picture of a very impactful two way player who. I mean, if he's going to be, and I think this is very optimistic, but if he's going to be an 18, 19 point per game guy, even not per game, but like on a regular basis, while making a good amount of his, his threes, that is that really would take the Bucks to a whole nother level considering all the things he can do on defense already. Yeah, okay, I did find, out, and this is actually kind of surprising, uh, in that same stretch since Christmas, including Christmas, I should say, um... Dante, he has had five games without making a three, but total numbers, he has made 14 threes in those Ooh. 10 games. Wes has seven. Oh, wow. Doubled. He's doubled him up. That says something. That does, it does. say something. It does. But I, I feel like we're not necessarily getting the full scope of Wes Matthews in these stretch of games because we haven't had Wes play against like a premier uh, like yeah. forward where, as a where he's at his best. Yes. And who was West matched up with tonight? Because 
I mean, let's give some credit to him where it's due. The Celtics forwards were bad. Yeah, they were really bad. And I was was Wes on Tatum? I he must have been on Tatum or Hayward, right? Or was he on Smart? I want to say he was on Tatum for a bunch of possessions. I think he was. I don't think he. I don't think he guards the guards that often. I feel like they probably had Middleton play down. I don't know why. I can't remember this better. Yeah, I feel like I when really, the Celtics I, were I on remember, offense, I remember a, a couple possessions where uh, Tatum tried to get Wes um, off the dribble and really couldn't that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, Tatum I, I, couldn't take Brooke Lopez off the dribble tonight, so it was it was a rough Tatum, performance. For Tatum generally has not been that good against the Bucks, and I mean Gordon he hasn't Hayward been that good in general. Yeah, not an All Star. You look at you want to talk about All Stars? Chris Middleton outplayed Jason Tatum by a country mile today. So, just, and that's if, that's just been all season. That well. has been all season. If you're listening, like it's not even media close. media members with an All Star vote, players with an All Star vote, and oh yeah, every single person who's listening has an All Star vote because there's a fan vote. Go vote for Chris Middleton. He's really good. He deserves it. Vote for Giannis while you're at it. I mean, if you want to, vote for Bledsoe and George Hill. That's fine. But really, vote for Giannis and Chris. They're deserving all-stars. Um, <laughs> just give them, give them the pity vote. I mean, I'm, I'm just keeping it keeping it real with people here. Um, but no, uh, Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward combined to shoot 9 for 30 from the field. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I had to retweet this. If you have as many points as Gordon Hayward has tonight, tweet all set to go. Before he makes like the last shot, I think of the first half or whatever it was. I mean, third quarter, third quarter, third quarter. That's what it was. Yeah, excuse me for giving him more credit than, than was due. He had no points almost through three full quarters. He makes one three and then adds four more in the fourth quarter. Awful game from him, uh, a max player, mind you. And, and Jason Tatum eight for twenty, seventeen points. But like, if a guy's gonna get seventeen points on twenty shots, you kind of just go okay. I'm but sure. I'll take that any that's, day of the that's, week. Yeah, that's not the kind of efficiency that's going to beat a team like Milwaukee, that's for sure. So, um, so yeah, I mean, some credit, of course, to, to Wes and of the whole Bucks defense, which, I mean, not that much because the Celtics did score 123, which is a whole lot of points. But some of that, I mean, Kemba was just completely electric, as he's been all season long. I think it's easy to say, oh, you know, just another small scoring guard, you know, classic Boston doing the same IT thing or whatever. But the guy deserves credit. I mean, he is an incredible sure. scorer, and he, he showed that tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I was saying when I was talking about Bledsoe's defense, he was just on another level. Um, he was just coming off screens and, like, uh, hitting, his, hitting his shots. He was getting to – oh, wow. Okay. Uh, he Did was, you get the Brandon Ingram? Did you get the Brandon Ingram notification? Uh, like right now? Yeah. Oh. What, did, what, what was your – oh, wow. Uh, oh wow! In the sense, like I couldn't make words out of sentence. Oh, into oh no! I just at the same time I looked at my phone and I see an NBA app notification. Brandon Ingram just dropped forty nine to beat Utah in overtime. Yeah, apparently there was a weird call with that. I don't really know what happened. Oh, of but, course there was. Yeah, Jazz Twitter was up in arms. Um, well, wasn't wasn't it Utah Pelicans the last time where Gobert clearly fouled Ingram on the game ending? Play? Yeah. Yes, it was. So what's going on with this matchup? Anyway, okay, sorry, we're super <laughs> off track. Let's get back to Bucks. But Celtics yeah, Kemba here. Walker had a fantastic performance. He's been performing great all season long. He's just been scoring at all levels, and he's been doing it very efficiently. Yeah, he has for sure. And uh, you know that was a a really bad look for us there to get off track and, and sidetracked by another game. You know, Rohan, a similarly bad look is an untucked button down. Those look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. It will seem 
a lot more logical than me talking about Brandon Ingram scoring 49 in the middle of Rohan's Kemba Walker thing. No matter your size or shape, untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combos, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, Carter Rodriguez's favorite word, too long or too big again, and their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So, whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com. Promo code BLUE for 20% off. Go get those deals, folks. Okay. Um, King of like segues right here. That, that, that one went well, surprisingly. There's two more bench guys I think we should talk about. A couple of legit snipers. Uh, this was a quiet game for the bench. I'm going to keep teasing the Budenholzer stuff. I have some strong bud takes from this game. But uh, George Hill and, and Kyle Korver, actually, both I thought were really, really good. Uh, George ends with 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, and two turnovers, and four fouls. So actually kind of an iffy game by his Three for three standards. from three, but, though. Yeah, so exactly. Them. George Hill makes all three of the triples. at The NBA's leading three-point shooter uh, holding it down. And then Kyle Korver is two for three from deep. He adds eight points, two rebounds, and a steal. Uh, plus 18 actually led the Bucks in plus minus, and it kind of felt that way. Uh, how did you feel about these two sharpshooters coming from the bench tonight? Uh, this felt like vin- like classic Kyle Korver, even though he only took three threes. He they were just they were both like ridiculous. Uh, one was him curling off a screen at the top of the key, and another one was just like he has the ball and he saw the three point line and he was like, that okay, over, I, that was over Marcus Smart, right? I think so. He was just that like, was ridiculous. I'm just gonna like step back, even though there are two defenders here, and it's like five seconds into the shot clock. And it's like there's no momentum whatsoever. He's just like, I'm going to take the shot. And he makes it. And we're like, oh, well, of course. That's Kyle Korver things. Like just casual. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was so funny to see. And I don't know. I Maybe I've just not been paying enough attention to Kyle Korver over the last few years. Which, I mean, given how much basketball I consume, I feel like it's almost impossible for that to be true. But does it feel like he's doing more stuff inside the arc than ever? It does. I think it's weird with this team because he still looks like one of the funniest things to do when like watching like Bucks basketball or just Kyle Korver, I should say, uh, is one trying to watch him dribble. It's it's <laughs> so funny to see him dribble. He looks so confused. But anything when he gets inside the arc, he just he looks like a lost puppy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, OK, do I do I shoot like he tried to make a, a fast break layup today? <laughs> like and he, he missed like he did but the bucks got the bucket thankfully but yeah ursan at his classic two rebounds stat pat uh what's funny is i think i can remember all five of his attempts i think i remember all of them because his, his one two-point make was he was like he ended up with the ball like five feet within the arc and he just pulled up like it was a three and made it yeah. i remember the fast break too uh there was a whole a whole a whole conversation about should he have dunked it should he not can uh, my, have do we have proof that kyle corver can dunk Absolutely not, but we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's on the Bucks right now. Um, he's my like, take he's was, six seven. My take was he's saving it for the finals. Yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> happy with the Bucks need. Kyle Korver fast break dunk. I think you just give you just have the ring ceremony right there. I, yeah, it's just over. <laughs> um, 
No, I will say, uh, all, all jokes about uh, Kyle's athleticism aside, he adds a lot to this team, especially when, you know, the Bucks are either able to, to keep him from being exploited on the defensive end or the other teams just don't go out of their way enough to do so. I mean, the spacing on offense, I saw somebody tweeted this. I'm sorry I'm not giving you proper credit, but somebody definitely tweeted it's crazy how some of the, the breaking log jams for the Bucks this year, the solution is like, just put Kyle Korver in at the four, and it's worked really well. I mean, it's the Bucks do some some really weird stuff, like conventional wisdom-wise, like Kyle Korver at the four. Certainly one of those things. Milwaukee usually plays pretty small for all the very large humans on the team. But really, I mean, anytime he's in an action with Giannis, it confuses the other team. Uh, anytime, anytime he's on the floor. I mean, there's always people around him. And I think one of Dante's threes, I, I want to say Giannis dishes to Corver, dishes to Dante who hits it. Or uh, I remember a sequence like that. Maybe they actually didn't get the three off that. But, like, there's just so much attention given to him. It just It's like, I don't want to make this comparison because it sounds so weird, but it's almost like a mini Giannis effect of defenses have to look out for him to such a degree that it makes everything for his teammates easier. I mean, honestly, when, when Kyle Korver was signed to the Bucks, it's not one of those things where I thought this is going to be a difference maker in big regular season games. Tonight it was that, and I think that was great. And I think I don't think I gave him enough credit when that signing was, was announced. No, it's he, he has so much gravity. When you have uh, – it's just so ingrained in every team's mind that as he, if he's coming off a screen, you need to double him. Otherwise, he's getting a shot off because he's been doing that for 18 seasons. 18? Am I right? <laughs> it feels I, I think so, yeah. He's in LeBron's draft. So Yeah, he was, yeah. No, that can't be 18 seasons. It's got to be 16. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, 16 yeah. This seasons. Is the, this is the 16th season. It's, what's hilarious is you said 18, and I was like, sure. I mean, probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, he's like 30, 38 years old, and I was about to say 37. But he, yeah, he's been doing this for 16 seasons. So every team knows that when Kyle Korver is coming off the screen, you need to double him. It's just, and then it's just like, oh, the other player is the reigning MVP in Giannis, and he's just he's, he has dunk when those yeah. two are on the floor. Like earlier in the season, I you know what's weird? Okay, let me say this. Um, earlier in the season, at the end of the quarters, they were just running um, Giannis, Corver, inverted pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that as much lately. No, no, I haven't either. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's it was during that stretch where the Bucks seemed to be going back to their normal straight line drive offense and not weren't really picking um picking up much other stuff throughout the offense and they just seem to have forgotten that that play is unguardable i wonder if it's in the back pocket it might be that's a i, I don't know if that's over overthinking it but i do wonder it might be because, because they know it exists and they know it's unguardable yeah and yeah, these and they, we and have to remember these are nba quarter. coaching staffs they're not dumb no for sure <laughs> not and the perfect segue by you right there. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, and I didn't chart them in this game. I really wish I did. I wasn't I wasn't at my dedicated watching station, a.k.a. my home TV, for like the first half-ish of this game. It felt like there was a lot of Chris Giannis pick and roll tonight. It felt like there was a lot of offense. I don't want to say spoon-fed, but designed for Chris Middleton, who ends with 23 points, higher than everybody except a fluky Marcus Smart performance and Kemba Walker on the Celtics. And that's on eight for thirteen shooting, so gets twenty three points, but his usage rate is, you know, low as is usual for Chris. Surprisingly, only gets four assists as well. But I think it felt to me like that was an emphasis, a point of emphasis for this offense was to get that look going over and over. 
when the Bucks needed buckets in crunch time, they went to that same look. Uh, I remember one sequence vividly where, and I never thought I would see this happen. The Celtics trapped Chris on the Chris Giannis. Oh yes, two yes. defenders to Chris, mm-hmm. leaving Giannis alone with three teammates and only three defenders. And the ball gets to him. I forget. And now, now I'm kicking myself because I forget exactly what happened. But the Bucks, I think he got fouled. Mm-hmm. That was that was that that was when Smart pulled him down by the ankle. I think, I think actually. it was. Yep. But regardless, I mean, it was notorious I mean, yeah. uh, dirty no, player. No, but that, that might have been semi. That might have been semi falling because I thought Smart was trapping. But regardless, I mean, it was. If you have Giannis in a four on three half court, I mean, that's that's a tremendous look because either, either I mean, even if you don't double Giannis, somebody's going to be open. If you do double him, like two guys are going to be open. It's it's a great look, and I don't think you're usually going to get that result. But tremendous work by Chris to not overreact, hold the ball for a second, finds Giannis, and then the play just goes from there. But it seemed to me like Coach Bud really, really pulled out some of the some of the stops in the offense here. I mean, in addition to, to seeing more of that play, the ending lineup was George Hill, Wes Matthews, Dante, Chris, Giannis, which is, again, not something we're very used to seeing. No traditional big, no Eric Bledsoe. Just, I, I think probably a lot of people would agree, one of the best lineups possible for the Bucks, especially one of the best small lineups. And, you know, despite not a tremendous fourth quarter effort in general, that group got the win tonight. So, I don't know. What were your thoughts? Did, did you did you agree with me? Did you notice it felt like a little bit of a different uh, coach game here for the it Bucks? Did. It definitely am I did. overreacting? No, you're not overreacting at all. I felt like there are some games, like we, we've talked about this in the past, like the Bucks don't wake up for every game. They don't get up for every game because they don't have to and they'll still win. This game felt like a game they got up for. And um, mm-hmm. it felt like especially a, a game that Bud got up for because he he had a lot of stuff drawn up. He like I was noticing right away that they were trying to feed Chris. And while it was um, while it was good to see every buck making every shot in the first half, uh, it was it was uh, difficult to see that they were actually trying to get a lot of stuff through Chris Middleton. Uh, and we we all know that Chris Middleton once he plays the Celtics turns into Michael Jordan. Um, but today felt different because it wasn't him just making all of his looks that he usually gets. It's him getting different looks and, you know, making them as usual against the Celtics. But yeah, it just seemed like they were trying to make him like, not necessarily like the focal point of the offense. Cause that's always going to be honest, but just getting him more involved than he usually does. Like you're sort of, um, it, you sort of forgot that Wes Matthews was on the floor. Like we talked about him earlier. Uh, but he didn't have a great game, but he didn't, you didn't really see him involved as much in the offense because they, Chris Middleton took up a bigger load and someone had to, uh, someone had to take a bit of a dip in their production because of that. And that was Wes. Yeah. Yeah. Only three shots for Wes. Oh, for one from deep. I will say the one other thing I think, or two other things, I think Chris could have even more looks. Uh, I know he's pretty much an unselfish player, but, um, I think going along with that, more minutes. Uh, Giannis plays 35 in this game. Chris only plays 31 minutes, only picked up one foul, so no foul trouble. And I remember in the fourth quarter a, a few different times, I thought this they should get him in here right now to try and create some offense while the Celtics were going on a run. I just thought got a little too cute with the minutes there, especially because the Bucks, uh, you know, are not on a back-to-back. They have an, another night off here. I think it would have helped a lot, but still Milwaukee gets the win, and these are small things. I, I think – one of the biggest things I've been looking for all season, I think Bledsoe is maybe number one, just generally how he performs in different situations. Tough night for that. But 
the way the Bucks play, you know, coaching decisions, stuff like that, we've talked about so many times on the Eurostep. One of the biggest things we're looking for. I thought tonight was a positive step, a big game against a big-time opponent, and we saw some really different looks than the ordinary for the Bucks. and I think those different looks probably result in the Bucks getting a win where they could have blown it otherwise. Um, we should probably talk about Giannis, huh? Yeah, I when I pulled up the box score to get ready for this pod, it was it was kind of a shock to see that he had thirty two points. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like, wh- where where so did good. he get thirty two points from? <laughs> like when did that happen? Like well, I watched the entire he, game and I did he not didn't see get that enough happen. from the free throw line. Unfortunately, no. He all I all I remember from Giannis's performance was him missing free throws and going zero for five from three, and somehow yeah. he ends up with thirty two points, seventeen rebounds, and seven assists. To <laughs> and go two and two blocks, yeah. This is how you are the MVP. This is how you know you're like, the what, MVP. What 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 is that? When <laughs> your bad games are thirty two seventeen seven in two blocks, like that's an absolutely ridiculously good performance. But I think it is fair to say Giannis could have been better tonight. Uh, I saw you know some folks in the Euro Group Discord said this is a bad Giannis game. I I'm almost inclined to agree, and it sounds stupid when a guy puts up thirty two and seventeen. But I can tell you, you know, a lot of people. Uh, just basketball people in general, people around the Bucks. You don't always look at the stats, and if you looked at you know that fourth quarter, you could see that. I mean, it's victim of some bad calls for sure, some flopping for absolutely. sure. Can we talk about that for a sec? Sure. Yeah. What What on earth was that charge call against Ojale? That well for Ojale. Yeah. Yeah. For Ojale. well, what was annoying about that? Extra annoying, and I, I think. I didn't. I didn't look. I forgot to look. I just clicked on the first Bucks feed that came up on my YouTube TV. There was no Fox Sport, Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast tonight. I was I very disappointed. Yeah, it was tough. So Chris Weber was on the call. I think was the the player yes. right the yep. the color commentator, and he just kept talking about how smart of a defense it was by Ojale. And I mean, I guess in the sense that like you can't really defend him, so you have to go to. To the the BS, we'll say, but I don't know how you look at that and say good defense. The guy fell over. You know, the guy saw Giannis incoming and just fell over no, he, and got he, rewarded. He, he, for yeah, it. he's he's just flopping. Like, oh yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He didn't get hit. He just fell over. Like mm-hmm. that was that was the good defense. The good defense was seeing a superior player getting ready to take you to the rim and just saying, no, I'd rather just fall over. Mm-hmm. And Celtics Twitter is just going to be like, Semi Ojale is just the greatest Giannis defender of all time. Oh, yeah, he's so thick. Blah, blah, oh, blah. Yeah. Or, no, that was, that was <laughs> Yabu. That was really Yabu. That. But, um, I mean, Semi is, I mean, a, a brick, a brick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a brick S-house as well. But um, Just falling down is not good defense. Lame. That's not it's basketball. Lame. I'm it's sorry. Lame. That's just so annoying. To watch, this is the MVP of the league. He has four and a half million votes to become an all-star captain in the East. Ooh, talk and to you him. are going to call ghost flops against him in a national TV game on TNT. At home. At home against Semi Ojale. It's not like this is Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James or someone on Giannis's level. This is semi-freaking Ojale. And you're going to give ridiculous. him that call. It, it is ridiculous. Um, and then Marcus Smart flops later, doesn't get the call, and literally pulls Giannis's leg down, which I, I think the league should look at that. 
And they should. I don't because he, I, that I don't could, that could have gone badly. Happen. If Giannis's yeah. ankle gets injured, like that's it's an even bigger story. And thankfully, that didn't happen. But Marcus Smart, he's flopping, and then he just pulls Giannis's ankle down, and nothing happens. No, you're at sad home. It's sad because he's actually a great defender, but stuff like this just makes you go, "Oh, what? Like, come on!" Like. Earlier in the game, I talked about like he would be. I I thought this for years now. He'd be a tremendous fifth guy in the Bucks just because he plays so hard. He is especially last year when they they the Celtics had all the horrible chemistry stuff. He was the one guy who always played hard. He would his his intensity would bring them through some of the the muck they'd get mired in. But you see stuff like that, and then it's like I don't even want this guy on my team if he's gonna. Pull somebody's ankle down. I mean, come on. Like, that's disgusting. Like, what are you I mean, that's not doing? Basketball. This is not, yeah, exactly. This is not basketball. And especially, like, some of his uh, defense, I guess you could say, I put air quotes, but no one can see that. <laughs> um, and you can, like, at the rim on Giannis, like, oh, he can actually hold his ground in the post. What, what he's just grabbing his arm. Yeah. And, and then two if, hands, which is supposed to be a, a call every single time. You're not supposed to be able to put two hands on somebody's back in the post. There was, like they you, they showed a replay on the broadcast where it was like Giannis went to the rim, like I think he was within two minutes remaining, and he got stripped by Marcus Smart. And oh, then you yeah, saw quote this. Quote-unquote stripped, yes. yeah. Uh, I did air quotes again for some reason. Uh, <laughs> you just see the uh, replay of it from like the baseline angle, and he's just he got all alarm. It's... And like that doesn't get One thing I will say, Bud didn't use his challenge at all. Yeah, that was that was a, I thought that was a weird move. Like you got to you got to use your challenge and at least like even if they don't reverse the call, like you got to like show them the replay at least cuz they have to look at the replay and be like, "Yeah, guys, guess what? You messed up the call." Yeah, and that's a, another bud thing I've seen called out and I, I guess I didn't think to talk about with coaching earlier. He should probably pick up some more techs. Uh, he was trying today. Yeah, he was he okay, yeah, I'll give him credit. He was he was vocal tonight, but I mean, the Bucks whistle. I feel so like bad. he needs to pick up a fine, like in a post game conference. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that either. Uh, it, shout out to Alex Lazary. Did you see? I did. I was his about tweet to say that. And my reply, I was like, "You're probably going to get fined for this." Good. <laughs> but yeah, I, his I, family's I, worth billions. They can take a fine. <laughs> they sure can. So he tweets that charge call is embarrassing. Semi semi is falling before anything happens. That's so dangerous. I chime in helpfully with, you might catch a fine for this, but it would be more than worth it. And and, and it would be. Uh, it certainly would be. I mean, Giannis playing for the Bucks is, is worth so much more than any of the stupid, you know, $10,000 fines or whatever, which, I mean, to you or me is like, oh, we're just, like, we're just doomed. But uh, I think Alex, I think the Lazary family could, could afford it. But regardless of that, let's stop talking about uh, people's money. Let's talk more about Giannis in general. Um, I, I, I mean, we both agree. Everybody who watches the Bucks and, and especially who cheers for the Bucks agrees that he doesn't get a good whistle. It stinks. Uh, you, you can do what you can to try and bring some light to it if you're, if you're with the team. But oh well, uh, some things are kind of out of your control. You just have to hope that the other players and the other teams decide to try and actually play basketball instead of just appealing toward the officials. But some things Giannis could have done better, uh, regardless of anything else. Oh for five from deep. I'm not gonna hate on the attempts. I did think. Some of them did feel a little forced to me, but uh, I'm all with Giannis pulling up, even though, of course, it stinks to not make any of his looks. I, I do think, I don't know, lately it's felt like his form on both of those has been better, the the freeze and, and the threes. 
Uh, the three motion, I think, kind of comes and goes sometimes. But the free throws tonight were tough. The free throw, he looked like he 20. added that little head hitch back. Yeah, like his head was angled back a little, and we hadn't seen that in a while. And he he was been he's been hitting free throws recently, but he it seemed like he sort of went back to his normal thing again yeah. tonight. Yeah, and he was just like, okay, ten for twenty. That's that's think, the result. I think it's important to keep in mind with anything like this. You know, these, like, processes, a player, and, I mean, a young player, we don't talk about him like this. Giannis is relatively young, uh, just turned 25, So right? Yeah, yes, 25? Yes. yes. I always think, like, he has to be older than me by, like, more than, than a month and a half or whatever, just because, like, if you look at our level of accomplishments, there's a bit of a gulf. So far, so yeah, far, maybe catch I'll up. catch up. <laughs> Thank you, Rohan. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, but no, I mean, still just, you know, just turned 25 in December. So uh, still adding to his game, still learning. And one of the important things to keep in mind with any young player learning anything is progression is not a straight line. You know, you don't you don't make, you know, 20% one day, 30%, 40%, etc. I mean, things go back and forth, especially with something as volatile as, as shooting numbers in a basketball game. So you just hope that this is just one of the bad nights and mm-hmm. – you know, there's stuff from this that the Bucks coaching staff can work with Giannis on going forward to correct. And next time out, he is, again, back to his good free throw shooting forms. I mean, it's uh, the one thing I will say tonight, obviously discouraging. He needs to be better. And, you know, if he makes 17 out of 20, this game feels a lot less close later. I mean, that's just, I mean, simply the Bucks are up by comfortable double digits then pretty much the whole way through. There were some encouraging games recently, so we have to hope this was just a quick bump in the road, and he's going to be right back to it after that. No, for sure. When you're looking at just uh, trends in general, you just you can't look at individual data points. You just have to look at the lines in general. Science. Mm-hmm. If you're a Breaking Bad fan, you can add the, the second part to that. It's a bad word. We're going to skip it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't. Is there anything left from this game you'd like to cover? I mean, I think the the key points were. Milwaukee needs to just hit shots. The first half was more that than the second. Um, I think some of the adjustments Bud made were good. There could be even some more improvement. I think Bucks on a little bit of the fortunate side that Jalen Brown doesn't play and Dante DiVincenzo really shows up. I mean, they just need they need another guy besides Chris and Giannis to show up in these games. I think they can rely on those guys for a little more. Like I said, Chris at 31 minutes seems really short for a game that ended up being this close. But I think like either Bledsoe or... You have to hope Dante can keep doing this. Maybe George Hill can step up even more. He only attempted six shots in 25 minutes. He scores 13. Um, but there's just, like, you need more guys you can rely on for points. So I think that's one of the things that worries me a little bit from this game. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that general idea? I mean, it, it's good to see more, like, Dante, like, get more run and score more points. Like, it, it is good to see, like, more uh, distribution amongst, like, in the scoreboard. Like you'd like to see like Robin Lopez not go over three in seven and a half minutes, eight, eight yeah, minutes. That was, that was a quick over three. Yeah. And like Pat Connaughton. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Pat didn't really play. Pat, I mean, he's Pat got all zeros play, listed like, on the ESPN. I don't remember him playing at all. I think it might, might've been like the last second or so. Let's just say he played zero. He was a, he was a minus three somehow, which is weird. Like he played, he played eight seconds. <laughs> Jeez. Like let's, and I will say, let's just that's say another thing. Like that's, that's the least he's played all season. One of, yeah, it has to be. One other Bud thing. I mean, this was the shortest bench he's played all year. Mm, that's why it felt like it was sort of like a game that Bud got up for in the sense yeah. like they they yeah. treated this like a big game. 
except for the 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 main guys not playing still a whole lot. I mean, Tatum plays forty minutes, Kemba Walker plays thirty eight, Giannis plays thirty five, Chris plays thirty one. Those guys led the Bucks in minutes, so that's the one thing we still haven't seen. And I mean, I don't know granted, if we're ever going to see it. Well, at, hopefully at some point we do. I mean, this we, we a, never saw it in the playoffs last year at all. I don't know if we're going to ever see it. We didn't, and I I hope we will later. I I mean, I will say as as quote-unquote big as this game is, whatever, playing the Celtics, it is still January. Mm-hmm. So if the idea is to play them shorter minutes now and then have the 40-per-game option available in April, May, June, hopefully, then I'm fine with it. You know, hopefully the uh, the powder is being kept dry for a reason is what I'll say on that. Yeah, hopefully. Um, we... we... We've uh, tackled that problem in the past. Hopefully that's not a problem going forward this year. But yeah, it was just weird. Like I'm just looking through the, um, like through Pat's stats. Like this is, I think the least amount of minutes he's played in a game that he's been active for is five. Wow. Like this season. What game was that? Uh, against the Pelicans on December 11th. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's kind of random, but. Yeah, it's uh that was kind of strange. I think it I think it's because Dante was having a great game. Like when Dante's having a great game, you don't need Pat to come in there, you know? Yeah. Especially it, it's yeah, especially when like when Dante was in the starting lineup obviously because you're down a guard, but when Dante's doing that off the bench, you don't really need to disrupt that. Oh, I totally agree. I just think it's still kind of it's still weird and and unique and good to note because that said Dante only plays 28, which isn't insanely high it's i mean it is it him. is for off the bench yeah it sort of is uh george hill plays 25 but you look at i mean the total guard minutes bledsoe only plays 20 so bledsoe and Wes matthews combined for less than george hill and dante and those are really the only four guards that play in this game i mean i would count kyle corver pretty comfortably as a forward at this point he plays a 18 ursan plays 16 and, and robin lopez barely plays too so Kind of fascinating minutes distribution from the Bucks' perspective. It was, it was, I, it's, it's really an anomaly when you look at it. Yeah, like this is weird. I guess we'll have to see going forward to see if this trend continues, because I don't really get the sudden change. I mean, after what game was that? Was that the Spurs game? Bud said he needs to. He knows he needs to coach better. Yep. A lot of people took that to mean defensively, the way they, they guarded LaMarcus. It was kind of ambiguous. It kind of came after talking about defensive end. But I don't know. I think we've seen some differences since then. I don't know if we'll see the same sort of thing on Saturday against the Nets or not, maybe. But it is certainly something we're obviously here at the Eurostep. We're going to uh, keep track of and keep tabs on and, and keep you people posted. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, is there is there anything else you wanted to hit? Uh, I want to talk herd for a little bit. Uh, yes. Wisconsin won again today. The the school game, I forget. I don't know exactly what they call it. You know, like the dates, the matinee school game. There was like a ton of local schools there. The The noise level was loud, to say the least. But the herd dispatched the Erie Bayhawks with ease. I think Erie was 8-16 and 16 going in, which was just not nearly enough against the herd. I mean, both ends, a ter- terrific dynamic showcase for Wisconsin. And with the win... The herd went up to twenty and five on the season, which obviously, without context, is just terrific. But to put it in better perspective, that tied Wisconsin with the second best G slash D league start to a season ever. 
Only one team has ever had a better record through 25 games. The Sioux Falls Sky Force started 24 or 21 and four. Excuse me. The herd up next, tied with the 2009 Iowa Energy and the 2007 Idaho Stampede. All those teams finished 20 and five. It hasn't happened often in the G League that a team wins 80% of their games through 25 games. So, uh, fortunately, I was able to talk to herd GM slash Bucks something. I can't actually tell you offhand, but Dave Dean who works in the Bucks front office and who is the general manager of the Herd. Um, just got a quick interview with him about all things Bucks and Herd. Talked about a lot of interesting stuff. I'd love to get your take on some of this, Rohan. Um, you know, he talked about – I asked him about the two ways. was one of the things I really wanted to know about because I've had so many people ask me, uh, you know, as someone who, who openly covers the Herd games, One of, I mean, really the only person who covers the Herd games in, in that context – you know, what do you think about Frank Frank Mason? Is he going to stick around? He's been banged up a bit. Uh, he actually did miss the game today with a rib injury. Uh, like, you know, Cam Reynolds isn't always scoring the most. You know, are they going to make a two-way move? You know, the, the deadline was January 15th to sign a new one. So, obviously, you would imagine if they were going to make a move, it would have happened before then to bring somebody else in. The Bucks didn't. Uh, they kept both. Um, so, I asked kind of Dave Dean about that, and he really talked about how both of those guys – he said just have done a really nice job in their roles, both for the Bucks and the Herd. Uh, the, the team sees continued development opportunities with both of them going forward. So it's not just about what they're capable of now, even though both of those guys are, in my opinion, pretty NBA-ready. They both have NBA minutes under their belt. But um, just looking forward, I think the Bucks see a, a bright future for both of them. And then I kind of asked a follow-up, like, what about the stats? Because, I mean, Frank Mason poisoned the points. Cam Reynolds, honestly doesn't always even shoot that much, doesn't always put in the numbers. And, um, you know, Dave Dean kind of just said it, numbers are, are great, but it's not really the focus, especially, you know, developmental-wise. Um, there's only a certain point you can look at the numbers. But maybe most importantly of all, especially for a team as good as the Bucks, is this is his direct quote, you have to have players that fit what you're trying to do, and these guys fit what we're trying to do. If the numbers aren't staggering every night, that's okay. There's guys that can make huge impacts on games without having eye-popping numbers. We're fortunate that Frank and Cam can put up those big numbers, but we're looking for them to be complementary pieces when they're in Milwaukee, and they've shown that they can do that. What is your thought on this sort of philosophy on the two-way guys? I think it's the right way you need to go about it. Because if you're just searching for guys that are necessarily going to put up big numbers for your two-way slots, they're not, that production isn't going to translate to the NBA level. Because like uh, two-way guys, they're not going to have a big of a role when they're with their NBA clubs. Like Especially for great teams like the Bucks, because they're not going to be relying on their two-way guys to necessarily play a lot of NBA minutes. So if you're looking for fit, you like you need to look for fit. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, you need to look for fit. You need to look for style of play. Like that's the type of thing that you need to seek out in these two-way contracts. And I think uh, I think that Dave Dean's right on the money when he says that um, you can you can see that sort of stylistic fit and roster fit with uh, uh, Frank Mason and Cam Reynolds. Yeah, good uh, good transition opportunity for me here because one of the other things I asked about was. You know, the herd actually looks like the Bucks this year, which, you know, PR stuff aside, they didn't the last two years. They just didn't. I mean, if you watched the herd for a long time last year, most of the games was like Christian Wood just breaking down defenses one on one on four or whatever. So a lot different this year, a lot more of a Bucks look. Obviously, there's no Giannis, but 
the way the team uses spacing, everything else. So I asked Dave about that too. And um, I want to plug, I mean, I, speaking of development, I asked a, a few questions about Dragon. I have some good stuff there. I think I'm going to work that into the, the Euro step. Uh, the buck starts here, our special Monday pod, and just do some more on Dragon there. Because I didn't realize we're really bumping up on time. So, But luckily, I think I, I've only heard positive things about when we go long. So hopefully people like it. But anyway, uh, so here's da- what Dave Dean said when I asked about you know, the the herd looking like the Bucks. I think the biggest thing that has led to that, this is looking current and forward, is Chase's, Chase Buford's, infinite knowledge, uh, excuse me, intimate knowledge of Bucks system, not infinite, intimate knowledge of Bud's system. He was in Atlanta with him as a video guy, and you can imagine the hours he put in, cutting up everything they were doing. And then with Chase spending time with Josh Longstaff, the current assistant in Milwaukee, who was the head coach in Erie, and Chase just knows it, the system, inside and out he knows the terminology he knows exactly where everybody's supposed to be and then the work the coaching staff has put in chasing these guys have been with our guys in milwaukee as much as absolutely possible including training camp before training camp getting to know everything we do not just on the court but the way we practice how we practice he's taken all of it and put it in oshkosh which is exactly what we need so i think this hits the nail on the head and he also uh, when I first asked about Chase in this interview, uh, Dave Dean said he's just a, a complete natural coaching, a guy who grew up around the game. So it's not just that he happens to be a guy who knows Bud's system and that's why it works. I certainly don't think that's what Dave Dean meant, but I think it is worth talking about quickly. I mean, Chase Buford's been tremendous. Uh, he's gotten complete buy-in from everybody, whether it's Dragon Bender, the two-way guys, or the G League players themselves, and you kind of have to to go 20-5. and five. So just tremendous to for the Bucks, I think, to go out and find a promising young head coach. Obviously unproven. This is his first head coaching gig. But to have someone with potential who also has this look in the Bud system, I think you're just seeing how well that synergy works. No, for sure. And this is especially coming off of Rajon Tucker getting signed. Yeah. Like when you when you can have like such an integral part of your team sort of get called up to the NBA when you're a G League franchise, that's sort of that usually means like, oh, I guess the good starts over. But when you have a good system in place, that's not what happens. And I think that's really a, um, it's a, it's a good sign for the the franchise, obviously. But it's a it's a it's a glowing recommendation for Chase Buford as what he's done for this team. Absolutely, and I think the having it mirror the box is so useful in development. And I think. I think we saw Dragon Bender's, you know, best minutes so far with the Bucks uh, this week against the Knicks. And again, I want to talk about that more in a future podcast, but I think it just makes everything much more helpful. But yeah, so some good stuff with the herd. Uh, Wisconsin continues to win. I mean, definitely a lot of their games are streamed online. Uh, otherwise, just go. I mean, it's very affordable, especially compared to Bucks tickets th- these days. I didn't, I didn't realize. I'm hopefully going to a game soon, but not exactly like the old days when you could look the day before and score some eight dollar tickets, nah. which is. I'd say it's bad, but it's good. It's, it says good things. Yes, yeah, it's good because the team is good, but bad because it's like, eh, it's more difficult to get tickets. <laughs> it like, is. It really eh, is. Do and, I really want to pay that much money? <laughs> but yeah, I will say having a new a new, you know, world-class arena really does. For I, sure. I sound like a Bucks commercial now, but it really helps you want to uh, to make that move. But that's all I've got for now uh, from, from the herd and that, that interview, which more of will come out in my, my podcast and writing and whatever else over the next week or so. But no, I'm, I'm out of stuff, Rohan, unless you have anything else. Uh, no, I think we I think we have a solid episode here. Wow, we, we have really yeah, gone we up over. there in time. We went over. Oh, well. 
Yes, we, as you said, people seem to like the the good, the long episodes, and the way we know that is because people tell us about that in our Discord. And if you want to get in our Discord, uh, just send uh, me or Ty a picture of you listening to the podcast. A screenshot will suffice, um, and you can get in. We talk a lot during games. We talk about general NBA stuff. We talk about non-sport. We talk about everything at this point. We're just a little community. And we're just growing and we're enjoying all of the support that you guys have been giving us lately. It's been tremendous to see uh, people listening to the pod, people enjoying the pod. And if you are one of those people, tell people about it. Tell whether that's um, people you know, your friends, your family, or just, you know, rate and review on your favorite platform of choice. Um, But I I think that's it for us for this episode. And we will talk to you next time. 